This morning we got a chance to start a, a message, and I want to wrap it up because this is kind of wraps up the end of the month tonight. And so, First uh, Kings chapter number two, we're going to be there as we finish up this evening. And I'm so thankful for the legacy that the Lord gave me. I'm thankful for what He's done in my life, and I'm thankful for uh, those that have gone before. Uh, whether we're discussing in our family or those that have invested in our spiritual life. And this afternoon, as I was considering all that God has blessed me with, I was reminded that not just uh, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, but I was thinking even of the pastors that invested in my life. I'm thankful for those that uh, allowed God to use them to leave a uh, legacy in their life and to pass that along into my life. And so what a blessing that is. And so I want to remind you here in 1 Kings chapter number 2, as we read these first four verses together, we're going to jump right in and hopefully, God willing, we'll be able to finish through the message tonight and so uh, and be, bring a nice conclusion to all that uh, we've started uh, today. So 1 Kings chapter number 2 and verse number 1, this is David speaking to Solomon. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. And let us pray. Thank you, God, for this time we have together. I thank you for the encouragement that uh, we can be to those around us and the investment that we can make in the lives. Lord, whether they're children, grandchildren, or those here in the church that we can invest in others. God, what an encouraging thing it is to watch uh, uh, young Christians be discipled. And what an encouraging thing it is to hear of parents uh, who want to invest in their children and grandparents that uh, take time to, to just really to sow those seeds, Lord, that you've called us to. And so help us, Lord, to make a decision to, to really to commit to sharing uh, the, the gift of legacy with those behind us. We praise you, Father, for we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image and in your likeness. And so we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Kings chapter 2, again, we have David coming and he's uh, uh, at the end of his life. He's here on his deathbed as he charges Solomon one last time. And he's just really trying to encourage him. And we looked at this morning the fact that as he talked to Solomon, he wanted him to just really to remind him of the strength that comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from any other place but from the Lord. And so he says, I go the, uh, the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And he wants to really encourage Solomon in that regard. And, and there's uh, obviously there was strength in the valley as David, as a young boy, fought Goliath. And then later we saw that uh, strength comes from the Lord. And, and I want to remind you that as we consider the fact that God's called us to, to pass a legacy and to leave that legacy for those behind us, the, the one thing that we need to really to remember is God's called us to leave the legacy of surrender, surrendering our heart to God. And that's kind of where I left you this morning. But, uh, but so we want to pick up from those things and kind of pick up there on verse number uh, three. And he says, and, charge to, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God. And I want to just, just uh, stop here and just remind you that God's called us not only to, to leave a legacy of strength, but also of courage. David continued to challenge Solomon. Uh, and not only that, that his, he would be strengthened in the Lord, but he would be courageous. Courage is defined as the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty. 
danger, pain, etc., without fear or bravery. I like what John Piper said about Christian courage. He said, Christian courage is the willingness to say and do the right thing regardless of the earthly cost because God promises to help you and save you on account of Christ. An act takes courage if it will likely be painful. The pain may be physical, as in war and rescue operation, or the pain may be mental, as in confrontation and controversy. You see, David faced death in his life multiple times. and No doubt he saw the value of courage as he trusted God and as he tried to follow the Lord's leadership. And we've got to be courageous in our marriages at times. And we've got to be courageous as we follow God's leadership in our own life and recognize that, that courage is something that is first and foremost rooted in faith. Above everything else, we've got, to, we've got to see that God wants us and wants our courage to be rooted in our faith in Him. As David was battling Goliath, uh, you know, we typically hear some sort of a sermon that says, get out there and face down your giant because, you know, uh, those who trust the Lord will come out on top. But the reality is that it wasn't David uh, and his faith in himself that saved him. It wasn't just David and his courageous spirit that saved him. It was God. It was his faith in God that saved him. And he knew that, that God was able to do anything for him. And it reminds me of Daniel, uh, Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as they went into uh, talk to the king after they would not bow down, they said, you know, God is able to save us. But if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're still not going to bow down. You know, that's the kind of courage that we're talking about here. That's the kind of courage that the next generation needs to see in the believers today. A courage that says, listen, it doesn't matter what you do or say, we're not going to bow to that. Because what fueled David's courage, what fueled those Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's courage was their confidence in the promises of God and God's power to fulfill them. Faith is fueled really by our relationship with the Lord. Matter of fact, Romans 10, 17, without faith, without faith it is impossible to please Him, as Hebrews 11, 6. And Romans 10, 17, uh, well, somebody help me. Yep, y'all too. Good. I'm glad to see I'm not the only one tonight. It says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so we see that God wants us to really to fuel our faith by building that relationship our faith is built when we invest in time with the God's Word. Listen, do your children, do your grandchildren, do other people see you in God's Word? Is that important? Is God's Word vital? I, I believe without any doubt that, that if my kids never see me in the Bible, if they never see me not just study for sermons, but if they don't see me investing in that time with the Lord, that it may seem fake to them. It may not seem worth it. But not just, not just reading God's Word, but being willing to pray fervently. These, these three keys, a willingness to have a surrendered heart, a willingness to be in God's Word, a willingness to pray fervently, these three keys are critical for our own life. Because when we have a, a solid foundation of walking with the Lord, then that's a legacy that we can begin to pass on to those around us. If, you're, if your foundation is built upon something else, he says, then, then, then it's worthless. And that's what David says here. Keep the charge of the Lord thy God. Don't forget God's word. 
Don't forget what God has taught you, and taught you. And as you go through times in life that require courage, we must be willing to remember what God has already done. And we learn what God has done by getting in His Word, but also by recounting the blessings of God in the relationship we have with Him. Romans chapter 14 and 23 says, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And I just want to share some of these, these uh, uh, scriptures with you. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Let us move by faith. Let us go forward by faith. In Hebrews eleven six, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Faith that is based on our ability is weak. But faith based upon God is a great courage builder for us because we know him. We don't just know about him, but we know him personally and intimately. And so today, I would just, here's the scripture that I read a second ago, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So let us choose to strengthen our, our courage by getting in God's word, by knowing him. Listen, but courage is also rooted in his presence. Do you know God? Man, I'm just so thankful. Our, our, our men's prayer breakfast this morning was so encouraging. As we got to gather together and, and heard different men pray for, for different needs. Some of them were confessing. Some of them were praying together. Some of them uh, were praying for the needs in the church or for our community, for the lost or our missionaries. And I'm thankful for godly men who will come together and pray. I was uh, walking into the, from there and into this building and I could, I just, the smell of bacon permeates you when you leave men's prayer breakfast. I, I think I could still smell it on my suit tonight. And I said... Today, the smell of a godly man is bacon. <laughs> you know, it was, it was very strong today. But think about this with me. God calls us to seek His presence. Seek and you will find Him. The problem is, is we give up. We quit seeking. Isaiah 40, 31, we love to quote, And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And we know this verse, but the problem is, is we don't wait upon the Lord. We don't seek Him. And I'm, I want to just point to Matthew 7, 7. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall, what? Find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. You see, the God that we serve today is a God that has revealed His presence to us in a very powerful way. And, and, so, and David knew this in Psalms 139 and verse 8. He said, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, hell, behold, thou art there. There is nowhere you can go to escape the presence of God. But too often, we fail to seek Him. As Moses was passing from the scene, God was encouraging this new leader, Joshua, Joshua was the first, in the very first chapter here in Joshua 1.9, God is encouraging Joshua as he steps out of his comfort zone and he says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good, what is that church? Courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You see, because when we have a healthy relationship with the Lord, it's a lot easier to have healthy relationships with those around us. The presence of God is a great confidence booster. It encourages our, uh, gives us great courage, not just for the Old Testament saint, but for us today. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he says, Let your conversation, your lifestyle, your life be without covetousness. Why? He says, And be content with such things as you have, because 
he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I shall not fear what man shall do unto me. What a tremendous truth. And when we think about walking courageously and stepping out by faith, and maybe God's calling you, listen, God wants you to, to start that, uh, begin helping in a ministry, or God wants to, you to, to help in the Gus team because there's a meeting there tonight. Or maybe he wants you to begin uh, helping as a teacher or, or in some other capacity. Let me just remind you that if God leads you to it, he's going to lead you through it. God is able to, to, uh, to help you through that situation, so have courage. And, and I'm reminded of Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, as he shares the Great Commission. He gives us a wonderful promise at the end of it. He says that Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, and lo... I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. God promises His presence. Let me ask you, when was the last time you sought the presence of the Lord? When was the last time you desired to, to know Him personally? When was the last time that you were willing to wait upon the Lord? The reality is, is that we don't have time. The reality is there's so many distractions. The reality is that, that every other thing oftentimes take pre, takes preeminence. But when we think about those that come behind, are we willing to let them see, are we willing to allow them to sense God's presence in our life? Let me ask you, have you ever known somebody that was close to God? You knew it just by being in their presence. You knew that they, they spent a lot of time with the Lord, not because they are God, but because they had spent a lot of time with Him. It's like Moses, when he went on the, on the mountain, and he spent 40 days and nights with the Lord, he came back and his face shone. The glory of the Lord shone on his face. Does the glory of the Lord show on your face to those behind you? Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2, it says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the waters they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19, church, listen, he says, What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Which ye have of God, and you are not your own. You see, God's presence is with you. The one that is with, with you, the one that is in you, is greater than all others. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we don't need to fear. We can move forward in confidence. We can move forward with courage, be knowing that God is with us. And he makes it a little more personal in John 5, 5, 1 John 5, 5, because he says, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? We can be overcomers through him. And so, you know, and I want to just give you a couple of keys for investing in those behind us and investing in other people. We talked about surrendering your heart, talked about the need to be in God's Word, the need to pray fervently and how, how, how much we need that because those build that healthy relationship. But listen, not just a healthy relationship with the Lord, but a healthy relationship with others. Our children, our grandchildren need a, a, us to invest in the, our relationship with them, but also have healthy relationship with others. Have you ever noticed in, in the world around us that healthy relationships is an enigma? 
If you look at some of the catalogs and, you know, uh, Brad Pitt's marrying or divorcing someone new every week, it seems like. You walk through uh, and see the National Enquirer or whatever those magazines are. I don't even pay attention anymore, mostly because I don't go to the store. But you walk down the aisle and you, and you see all these magazines on the side and it has all the latest gossip. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. Just the juicier and the, uh, the dicier it is, the better it is, in their opinion. Not whether it's true. They don't know what it is to have a healthy relationship. They don't know what it is to be able to build a relationship built upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. They don't know what it is to have a relationship that's founded in God's Word. They don't know what it is to have a relationship that can last through the years and through the valleys and through the hardships. Listen, that's what Jesus Christ brings. And when there's a marriage that's going through trouble, I always try to get them back to the Word of God and say, what does the Bible say? Because God teaches us what we need to do. And if we're willing to do it, it can, built upon God's Word, a relationship can be saved every single time. A wise man built his house upon a rock because... He heard the instruction and then he did it. A foolish man heard the instruction and he didn't. But we also see that we need to, uh, we need to have the key of healing broken relationships. I'm so thankful for those who have a desire to restore, a desire to forgive, a desire to work through the brokenness. Man, we're sinners, aren't we? Sinners saved by grace if you're a believer, but I'm still a sinner. And there's going to be times where uh, Kristen and I had a great conversation on the way home yesterday. Is I, I don't know about the rest of the couples that went to the retreat, but uh, just there was so much that uh, was brought through in the preaching and the teaching uh, that we just we just talked until we ran out of time to talk, and it was just an enjoyable time together in the car on the way down. And you know we cried some, we laughed some, we just had a, had a good time and. And we, we talked about some things, and I learned some things about my wife I'd never known after 18 years. And it was just, it was a neat, neat thing. It opened some great doors. But this is, this is what, I, what we learned is the need for healing broken relationships should be preeminent. Preeminent in, in your relationship in your, for your marriage and for our church. I encourage you to courageously build your faith. Don't stop with, well, uh, we're going to bury the hatchet or we're going to uh, forget about it. We can just let bygones be bygones. But let God do the healing in that relationship. Let God allow you to be able to grow through it. And this is what he said. He said, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways. Not just to read his word, but to do his word. Not just, to, not just to walk, but also to keep, to hold on to Him, to clutch to Him, and His commandments and His judgments and His testimonies. He says, listen, this has to be completely and totally in charge of your life. And church, when we can get that kind of ideal uh, situation in our family, in our home, that next generation is going to be impacted by God's Word through us. Jesus said that spreading the gospel is going to be met with resistance, and, and that's what we're called to do. But Matthew 24, 9 says, Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. This is going to be a part of the norm. In Acts chapter 20, verses 29 through 30, we see that, uh, that even the church, uh, the faithfulness would be embattled. He said, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, grow in your faith. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Get in God's Word, amen, as a family. I shared with you last week that we 
would complete as a family. Someone thought I'd, uh, anyways, I won't go there. But anyways, we would complete as a family uh, reading the Bible through as a family together. About one chapter a night is what we've done. And Thursday night, we were able to complete it. Uh, right before we left for the retreat, Revelation 22, we had a, we had a party. And Joshua said, "Woo, that's over. <laughs> he thought that was over. And the rest of the kids said, nope, we're doing it again. <laughs> and they did. While we were gone, on, on their own, they initiated Genesis 1. And so when we got back, we read Genesis 2 together last night. I tell you, what, it blessed my heart when I opened up the Bible to Genesis 1 and the kids said, no, no, Dad, we're on Genesis 2. We read without you. I said, wow. God, thank you. Thank you for that. Listen, is the Word of God permeating your life? Is the Word of God in you? Because when it is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to allow you to be courageous in, in dealing with your kids and doing what's right. It's going to allow you to be courageous in sharing your faith. Because listen, there's one more thing, a legacy of consecration that we've got to give to our kids. A legacy of cur- uh, courage, a legacy of strength, but also of consecration. You see, there are many Christians over the years who have had strength and courage only somewhere along the way to lose it. Even King Saul's courage slipped. Think about it. Well, we talked about Elah this morning in the valley there as they fought the Philistines. And, and, and Saul was, as I told you, I pictured him in his tent kind of peeking through the, the cracks, seeing what was going to happen and see what would play out. But the reality is he was afraid to fight Goliath. He, his courage slipped. David, though, on the other hand, was willing to walk down into the valley. He was willing to go down. And, and there are times when... Sometimes we, we tend to waver in our courage. We tend to waver in our consecration. And so David said, listen, you've got to be completely and totally devoted to this. And verse 4 says, that the Lord may continue His word which He spake concerning me, saying, if thy children take heed to their way, to the walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. David knew the promises of God. David knew that, that God had promised that if they would just walk in His ways, that God would bless mightily. What about your life? What about your family? David left an example for his son to follow, but are we leaving an example for the next generation? I'm so thankful for the children in our church during sunk service. Was that, was that Uriah that squealed? Yeah. I just I heard him little giggling and laughing and squealing, and I just love to hear those children in church. I, 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 you know, and I know there's varying opinions about that, but the reality is if there's no children in the church, the church is dying. If there's no chipped paint on the wall from kids going wrong or, or, and Brother Bill didn't have to come around behind them and, and patch all the, the paintwork, the reality is we're going to die. I'm thankful for our children. I'm thankful for, for, for the opportunity God's given us and entrusted with us to be able to invest in their life. What investment are we making? Is it an investment of, that will, will, they can see us walking with the Lord? Is it an investment where they see us walking together in grace? Is it an investment where they, the children see the mom and dad walking together by grace, not because we're perfect, but because we desire to glorify Jesus in all that we do? David was not perfect. You remember his life. He sinned with Bathsheba. Matter of fact, that's where Solomon came from. Solomon, the next, the next king, would be as a result of his marriage to Bathsheba after he had committed adultery with her and then had her husband murdered. But God used him anyway. 
And God used Solomon. 1 John 1.9 reminds us, if we confess our sins, He is faithful. He is faithful to what? To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful that God is faithful. You know, we don't have to wonder, is God going to change? Is He going to change His mind? You know, if I do something really, really bad, is He going to change His mind and decide I'm not going to forgive you anymore? That's not how God works, is it? The awesome thing is that no, no, matter, uh, no matter the sin, He is willing to forgive. And God's forgiveness is complete. Psalms 37 and verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And so when we choose to walk with God, his blessings are poured out, and not only on us, but we see it in our children and our children's children. And Psalms 37 continues to talk about the blessings of walking with God. I encourage you to read through that tonight, because the basic fact is that today, each of us have a legacy that we're leaving. What kind of legacy are you leaving behind? God knows our willingness and our weakness is to forget. You know, and matter of fact, uh, there's probably been times where Pastor Tolbert has preached messages that uh, more than once, and I didn't remember the first time he preached it. In 35 years, I I don't know if you've ever preached the same sermon twice to us, but uh, you don't have to tell us if you did. (laughs) Amen. You know, and and it happens, you know, and and I think about that, and I, I promise you, I don't know... Too many people that remembered you uh, preaching the same sermon twice. Probably we needed it twice, amen? But we have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to, to forget our commitments and our covenants and with the Lord. And, and that's why, that's why uh, David was telling Solomon, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God. Don't lose it. Don't lose, lose uh, sight of what he's called to. Listen, over time there's going to be You ever notice that when someone dies, that over time, the memories start to fade? There's, you you know, you kind of forget over time maybe what they look like, or you forget over time some of the conversations you had. You don't want to, and in heaven I'm looking forward to the time where my memory will be perfect, and I'll remember all of those things again. But here's an idea for parents and grandparents. Write Write letters to your children. Over the years, I've penned several letters for my kids. Matter of fact, there's an envelope in my desk drawer. And that envelope is full of letters for my kids for the day that I die. I want them to have a word from their dad. One last encouragement. Not because I'm morbid, morbid, but I may be a little bit. But I want them to remember what the most important thing to me is. It's not work. It's not... It's not toys, it's not hobbies, it's none of those things. It's Christ. What are your kids going to remember about you? I encourage your parents, maybe your parent or grandparent, write letters. I appreciate uh, the letters that some of our grandparents have written. And they've left a legacy of love for their grandkids. A legacy of devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Take time to, to, to do that. Listen, you can FaceTime, you can call them, that's great. But listen, when you take time to pin these letters to your kids, what a difference it will make long after you're gone. 
He says, keep the charge of the Lord thy God. He says, walk in His ways and then keep His charge. In our main passage that David is, is just telling him, don't give up, keep the charge, literally means to guard the posts. And with his dying breath, his father was saying to the son that would rule over all Israel to be in obedience to the law of God in all of its extent and according to the first definition, uh, definition to walk in the ways of Jehovah. Many of us in here are fathers or you're a leader and, and as a as a result of our position, it's important, and today more important than ever, that we are willing to keep the charge of God. Do you hold up God's Word in your home? Are you the man of God God is calling you to be? Whether there's kids in the home or not, God calls you to, to lead. God calls you to be able to, to pass down something that's worthy. In my, in my office, I have a, a couple of Bibles that I treasure one of them is from my grandfather I never got to meet, and I showed you his picture this morning. And it's a Bible that's got some of his handwritten notes, some of his handwritten sermons. I've got a, a folder with a bunch of his handwritten sermons in it, and I just go to those sometimes, and I glean from them, and I look at them, and I think, Lord, I look forward to meeting this man. And then I've got another Bible that was my, my dad's, and it's seen a lot of abuse and a lot of use, and, and it's an old Schofield Bible, and I would flip through it sometimes. And you ever, you ever, I'm weird, I, I like Bibles. Any, anyone else like, like that? But one of my favorite things to do is to smell them. Is anybody sick like that? Amen. I appreciate some sick people with me. Amen. But I love them because, because the smells, they, they just make me think of those people and how precious they are. Listen, it's not enough simply to memorize God's Word. It's not enough to simply to read it. We must also live it in our life. And our children need to see us living it. They need to see us quoting it. They need to see us reading it. But they need to see us living it and living it consistently because it, it creates in them a, a sense of foundation and they want to follow Jesus Christ when we, have, when we follow Him consistently. Listen, are you letting the light of God shine in your life? Are you allowing your legacy to be written now that's worthy? Because here's the real key. Are you willing to pass your faith along? David, as he wrote this, says that the Lord may continue His word. He wanted it to continue. And David concludes this section with instructions to Solomon that he would continue, that he wouldn't give up. And as men, we must continue to propagate the gospel. We must continue to carry it forth. Because as Paul wrote at the end of his ministry in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And will you be able to continue until the end like the Apostle Paul? Will you continue strong? Will you allow your race to run, be run well? Will you allow your life to be full of, of uh, what God wants for you. There may be times in your life where you go through uh, valleys, but God is faithful. There may be times where you, you need to be reminded of the words of, of David. Let me just say that Solomon in his life, he heard these words early on and he followed God and he built the temple at the beginning of his ministry. But somewhere along the way, he began accumulating riches. And along the way, he began col uh, con collecting wives. <laughs> 700 and 300 concubines to be exact. 
And he began to collect all of these things, and, and they become, began to turn his heart, is what the Bible says. Is they, these women turned his heart away from the Lord because they were wives who brought their own religions and their own belief systems from their country in. And he began to build them temples uh, for their own God and their own different belief system. And, and the Bible says that Solomon's heart was turned as a result. But at the end of his days, I think that Solomon uh, heard the words once again of the father, of his father. And he says, keep the charge of the Lord thy God. To walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. And in Ecclesiastes 12, he comes to the end of his days and he says, let us hear the conclusion. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He says, I've tried everything, and, and let me tell you, it was vanity, and it was vanity, and it was vanity, and it was, it was not good. And he said, let, so let us hear the conclusion. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You want a life that has purpose? You want to pass something along that is worthy? Fear God and keep His commandments. Let's do that. This is the words of a man who tried all that the world had. And God needs to be the center 